0: Hello and welcome to Maintain the Flame with Keith Collins, the podcast where we anticipate an experience with the Lord on each and every episode. Thank you so much for listening today, and my prayer is that you will be strengthened, encouraged, and challenged in your daily walk with the Lord as you listen. The primary purpose for this podcast is to be a source of inspirational truth that will awaken a deeper hunger within you for the fire of God to burn brighter and hotter in your life. Leviticus 6.12 says the fire on the altar must be kept burning, it must not go out. This Old Testament verse spoken to the sacrificial burnt offering system of the temple and it also reflects the fact that we as the bride of Christ are now the temple of the Holy Spirit. Therefore, we have a responsibility to steward our walk with God and maintain His flame that He has ignited in our hearts. I am your host, Keith Collins, and I invite you to join me now as we explore biblical truths that will help us to maintain the flame of God upon the altar of our hearts. Hello and welcome to Maintain the Flame. This is Keith Collins, your host, and I am blessed to know that you are here with us again this week. Excited about my guest today. One of my dearest friends in the world is here with me today. I know that you're going to be inspired, you're going to be encouraged, you're going to be challenged in your walk with God. And I'm just glad to have my dear friend Ken Pounders. Ken, thank you so much for being on the program today.
1: No, oh, it's my pleasure, brother. It's good to be here with you.
0: You know, I've known Ken for well over 20 years, really, probably 25 years or so. And um, we've been blessed to spend a lot of time together over the years. We've been to different parts of the world together. Ken actually was one of our key faculty members when I was overseeing Fire School of Ministry as the director there, and taught for us for close to 10 years and was just a real big inspiration and um, an encouragement for our students. So he has a lot of experience and brings a lot to the table. And I've been wanting to have him on now for several weeks. And I'm glad that we were able to coordinate our calendars and make this happen. So again, let me just encourage you to kind of put your seatbelts on and get ready to listen. You're going to be blessed and you're going to leave this podcast saying that the Lord has definitely encouraged and spoke to me today. So i tell you what I want you to do, Ken, if you would, you know, your testimony has always amazed me, um, the way that the Lord really transformed your life. And could you take some time today and just share with our listeners, really your personal testimony, how Jesus transformed your life?
1: Yes, I'd love to do it. in fact, um, just a couple of weeks ago was my 40th birthday in the Lord.
0: Praise God! Um,
1: so on January 27th um, of uh, of last month, um, I celebrated uh, 20 years. I got out of jail, went to Outreach Ministries of Alabama. Jim Summers, who actually just passed away, I may make you know more comments about that later, um, but. Uh, Jim Summers got me out of jail, and as an alternative to five years in the state penitentiary, I went in to Outreach Ministries of Alabama, and the very first night there, I laid in my bed, and I cried out to God and said, I'm sick of being a drug addict. I'm tired of the way my life is going. Uh, Lord, if you'll intervene and set me free, I'll live for you for the rest of my life. So that was 40 years ago, Wow. and um, it's been an amazing journey, an amazing ride with the Lord Keith. And uh, so, yeah, I grew up in Huntsville, Alabama, Um, grew up in a good home. Um, My parents loved me. You know, I mean, a lot of times you get that story about, you know, there was no upbringing or violence in the home and all that kind of stuff. It wasn't the case for me. Um, My dad was military. And then after a a 22 year career in the military, he, he went to work with PPG Industries and worked there for 20 years. And uh, as I said, my folks loved me. They tried to take me to church and you know, instill some values in me and that kind of thing. But for whatever reason, um, I started rebelling against them, rebelling against my teachers and against church and all that kind of stuff. And um, um, started dabbling around with drugs really when I was 12 years old. Uh, initially started out um, Buddies of mine in the neighborhood would, their parents drank. My parents didn't drink, but theirs did. And so they would skim a little off the top all week long until by the weekend, we had like a cardboard box full of all kinds of beer and liquor and all that kind of stuff. And we'd go out the woods and get drunk. And uh, very quickly, that that party mentality and lifestyle began to progress in my life. When I was 13, I started using marijuana very soon after that I started using various pills and then about that same time about 14 years old I started selling drugs to my buddies at school and so that put me in a whole different environment of drugs being readily available to me and uh, so I of course started using pretty much everything and uh, eventually using PCP cocaine and then all kinds of opioids and that kind of thing and When I was 16 years old, I actually started mainlining narcotics in my veins. And Mm -hmm. from there, my life absolutely began to spin completely out of control. Um, Just uh, in and out of all kinds of trouble, car wrecks and fights and in and out of jail. Um, Until ultimately, from the time I was 18 until the time I was 20, I was arrested 12 different times all on drug or drug related charges and it started to pile up until eventually um, I was looking at five years in the Alabama State Penitentiary as a 20 year old kid basically. Wow. And uh, nice. uh, But I guess, you know, but God, uh, he began to intervene in my life and in fact actually I'm sure it was way, way before, I mean, cause you know, the Bible says before I formed you in your mother's womb, I knew you. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure he was actively working in my life before I was even born. But really when I was about 18 years old, about that same time that I started getting in more and more trouble, I also started recognizing that God was dealing with my heart. Mm. Um, wow. That God was beginning to open doors uh, to point me in the right direction. Kind of like I, I compare it to this. We were, you know out here at Outreach Ministries, we got cattle. And mm-hmm. so I know a good bit about dealing with cattle. And you know, a cow's not gonna go where you want her to go. You've got to motivate her.
0: Right.
1: And then generally speaking, especially like if you want to load them and take them to the sale barn, you don't just say, hey, would you get on that truck or not? Then I gun them. Right. And so you actually build a chute and you funnel them into that chute and you ultimately get them where you want them to go and really in retrospect i look at my life and i see how god was building a chute in my oh, life good. dealing that's with good. my heart but he was also causing the reproofs of life to come in you know the mm. cords and Amen. the arrests and all of that were all funneling me to right where he ultimately wanted me to go wow
0: I think I remember hearing you saying one time, Ken, that um, even like whether I can't remember if it was psychologist or psychiatrist, even told your parents that there's really no hope for you or no help for you. Is that right?
1: Yeah, actually, I went in. Let me think. That was um, that was when I was about eighteen. Um, my parents uh, put me in a specialty hospital up in Jackson, Tennessee, mm-hmm. and um, of course, you know, it's one of those big high-dollar no telling what they paid tens of thousands of dollars, I'm sure. Sure. And, uh, 28 day. Um, and they basically, I had, during that time, I had a psychiatrist and I had a counselor. Of course, there were a lot of other personnel there, but assigned to me, I had a psychiatrist and I had a specific counselor assigned to me when I finished that 28 days. And actually I didn't even really successfully finish that 28 days because I actually managed to get marijuana while I was in the program. Yes. And, uh, but when I finished that 28 days, my counselor said to me, you're a hopeless case. Wow. You'll never change. My psychiatrist sent documents, official documents to my, my parents that said, your son has completely destroyed his mind with drugs and alcohol. He will never function normally. In society. And so that's, I walked out the doors of that program basically feeling like, you know, what I was already being told once a drug addict, always Always. a drug addict. So you begin to get that mentality of this is just who I am, this is what I do, and I'll be this and still until the day I die.
0: Wow. So can you, I mean, can you just maybe reiterate a little more what was the the thing that God used, was it, was it your, your, you know, your former father or, or your father-in-law just passed away Jim Summers or was there a time well, or a place where you could say, Hey, I, I know that God intervened here.
1: Of course, you know, of course, yes. God used my father-in-law, but even before that, um, there was actually a series of events that were pointing me more and more. Like I said, like God was building a funnel. Sure. And, um, um, Probably can't go into all those, but I'll tell you a a few of them. One of them was I I got released from jail. And, you know, I I said a minute ago I was being arrested and released. In fact, I was was being arrested and released so much at, at Madison, Huntsville City Jail and Madison County Jail that the jailer, one of the last times I was in there, the jailer looked at me and said, hey, Pounders, we'll see you next week. And I actually said to him, you'll never see me up here again unless I'm up here preaching the gospel. Wow! And I don't even know why I said it. It He laughed and I laughed. Goodness. But actually the next time I was in that jail was years later and I was preaching the gospel. That's amazing. So it it turned out to be true. But on one of those times I was released from jail and, um, of course, I had uh, been arrested. I'd wrecked my car. I had lost my job. Um, Everything was like, down, down, down. And I was actually walking over to see my girlfriend, I didn't know it, but I was actually about to lose her too. And uh, so I was walking over to see my girlfriend, and uh, a car pulled up beside me. And there was a girl in the car who I knew I hadn't seen her for well over a year. And uh, she rolled down a window and we began to talk. And I remember as soon as she rolled down her window, and I got a good look at her, I couldn't believe my eyes because Mm. it was literally, it looked to me like she was glowing. Wow. Like there was something coming out of her eyes. And I remember looking at her Her name was Pat. Pat's still a dear friend of mine to this day. In fact, on our podcast, I've actually interviewed Pat just recently. Um, I said, Pat, what, what is going on? Where have you been? (laughs) And she began to tell me that she had given her life to Jesus. Wow. She went through a ministry called Outreach Ministries of Alabama. Goodness. And had been away for a year. And um, um, I I remember that I was astonished at the whole situation. In fact, it was so overwhelming, I couldn't hardly take it in. Mm, mm. But I remember the, one of the last things she said to me that day before she drove away, is she said, Ken, if Jesus can change me, he can change you. Wow. And... I couldn't get away from those words. It was probably almost two years before I came to the Lord, but I could not get away from her words. That wow. It's like the Holy Spirit took those words and began to use them on me. Amen. Like Amen. on a regular basis, I would hear a, a voice in my head say, if I can change Pat, I can change you. Wow! And so things like that began to happen. Yes. Um, like, I, I remember another incident right about that same time, I was at a party at uh, some friends of mine's house. And actually, there was probably there was a lot of people there, probably 20 or 25 of us. And we had made a circle of chairs in the main room of the house, kind of like a big living room. And so we were all sitting there. And of course, there was joints burning, we were passing marijuana. -hmm. And actually I was I sold drugs to most of the people in that room. So I was kind of like, you know, the big man in the room. (laughs) Well, I was also in increasingly trouble, you know, more and more trouble, potentially headed to prison. But at the same time, as I said, God was dealing with my heart. Amen. And so I was sitting there looking at all these people. Of course, there's music playing, everybody's laughing and cutting up and So they're all smiling and laughing. And all at once, Keith, it's like I saw everybody had masks on. Mm, And it's like their masks started falling down. And behind the mask, they were miserable. Goodness. I could see them. Like they were weeping. They were Mm -hmm. broken. They were gnashing their teeth. It's like, and I was like blown away. And then God spoke to me and said, because I said, I said out loud, these people are miserable. Hmm. And God spoke to me and said, and you're the most miserable one of all of them. And I started just weeping, boohooing. And of course, that's not very cool in front of your friends. (laughs) Of course. (laughs) And so I literally jumped up and ran outside. And some of my buddies came out and said, Hey, man, what's what's going on? Of course, I told them, I'm just, you know, it's the idea of going to prison. It's overwhelming to me. But actually, that really wasn't what it was. It was that God was dealing with me, that I knew that I was a hopeless sinner and needed a savior. So yeah, actually events like that. In fact, one more I'll I'll mention. Sure. I, um, of course, me and a buddy of mine shared a house. We rented a, a house in a neighborhood in Huntsville and we were both drug dealers. And so it was really a flop house. Just people came there to buy drugs and then we would, you know, they could lay around and do their drugs and our friends and girlfriends and all that were coming and going at all hours of the day and night. So this was actually, if I remember correctly, I think this was like an afternoon, a weekday afternoon. And, uh, but people were there partying. In fact, I was so high that I couldn't get off the couch and laying there on the table on the, the, like a coffee table in front of me, was a mirror with cocaine on it. There were open bottles of liquor. It's just a bad, bad scene. Mm. And uh, there was a knock on the door. And I couldn't even get off the couch. So I'd, <laughs> I, my, uh, my girlfriend was in another part of the house and I heard her scream, oh my God, it's your dad, it's your dad. And uh, so they were freaking out. People were literally like running out the back door. My girlfriend yes. went and hid in a closet. Oh my god! But by that point in my life, it's like I just didn't even care. I didn't care about anybody. I didn't care what they saw me, how they saw me. And so I literally just reached over and knocked on the glass and motioned for him to come in. And so he did come in. And he came in the room where I was. It was like a little den off the side. And he came in that den and he sat across from me. As I said, it's a bad scene, really bad scene. But I thought to myself, you know what? I'm going to attack him before he attacks me. Because mm-hmm. I figured he was just gonna rebuke me, you know, for sure. what was going on there. So I looked at him and I said, You know, why do you want to come here? You know what's happening here. Why do you why do you want to, you know, waste your time coming here? And I'll never forget this. My dad. He didn't raise his voice. He didn't rebuke me. He just quietly said, I come here because I love you. Wow. And, uh, and I want to be with you. I want time with you. Mm. And I can remember that the gospel at that point began to make sense to me. Wow. The the gospel had never really made sense to me. I kind of thought, there's good people and they go to church and there's bad people and they do dope like I do. And never the two can meet. But that day when he said to me, I came down here because I love you and I want to be with you Mm. all at once. I began to realize that that's why Jesus came. That's awesome. That the father sent his son down here because he wants to be with us and because he wants a relationship with us. So, these things just kept mounting up and mounting up until I came to the place where I knew I've I've got to get right with God. That's my only hope. Wow! In fact, that's... I had uh, I don't know if I've ever told you this, but I actually went to Outreach Ministries of Alabama and met Jim Summers when I was 16 years old. Really, my my mom wanted me to get help, and so she made an appointment and took me. At that time, Steve Hill, of course, you knew Steve, sure. um, you know, Steve's with the Lord now, but for five years was over the Browns revival. And I know that you were a part of that revival, part of, of the school there. And um, um, Steve was still on staff at Outreach Ministries then. And so actually Steve came out and shared his story with me, shared his testimony. Mm-hmm. Steve broke down and began to weep. And it it all freaked me out so bad. I mean, I found out there were no girls there at that men's home. It was only men. I found out that that apparently men cry there because Steve was crying. Yeah, just everything was too freaky for me. And so I went out the door and I said, I'm not going there. It's not happening. But here it was five years later, almost five years later, and I was in a whole different place in life. Wow. And so actually my attorney told me, because he knew I was going to prison if I didn't get help, my attorney told me you've got to find a drug program. And so we were looking at every kind of secular drug program. In fact, we went to Atlanta, Georgia to a program. I don't even know if it still exists, but it was called straight hmm. and it was secular. And the whole idea was that they were going to break you down, tear you down and then rebuild you. Goodness. And so when I went in for my interview, my parents went to another room for an interview with somebody I went into a room for an interview and the guy immediately started just dogging me just mm. like talking down to me and and i finally told him i mean i, I guess he was used to dealing with little kids because I, I mean i was 20 and i was pretty streetwise. sure and i finally told him i said dude if you don't get out of my face i'm fixing to bust your face and so they decided all at once they weren't going to take me in their program so we were driving back from Atlanta, Georgia to Huntsville, Alabama, my parents were dejected because I'd been turned down. And all of a sudden I leaned for, it was literally, it was literally like somebody flipped a switch in my heart because I had been adamantly saying, I'm not going in a Christian program. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to outreach ministries. And all at once. And in fact, just to add to the story, I was I had ACDC blaring in my headphones in the back seat And while ACDC, probably the most demonic band in history, while they're blaring in my ears, God began to speak to me and said, you've got to go to outreach ministries. And I took off my headphones and leaned forward and said to my mom, I want you to give that Jim Summers guy a call. I need to go to outreach ministries. And wisely, she turned around and looked at me and she said, if you want to talk to Jim Summers, you call him yourself. Mm. And I did. And I did. And that's exactly how I ended up as an alternative to prison, going into outreach ministries of Alabama.
0: Wow, brother. What an amazing, amazing, amazing testimony. You know, when you're sharing, Ken, all I can think about is um, God loves you a lot more than you and I love him. And of course we love him, but to be so deliberate in the salvation experience and I, you know, I could look at my own life. Obviously I didn't use drugs as long as you and, was radically saved when I was around 16, but you know, I had a father who was a drug addict. He fell dead at age 51 because of drug abuse and a lot of other things in his life and introduced me to drugs as a very young boy. And when I look back at my history, I remember like two years before I was saved, my girlfriend at the time's mother asked me to go to a revival meeting at um, a little church called Ivan assembly of God down near South of Tallahassee, Florida. I remember the preacher, I remember his name. I don't, no, his first name, but they called him Brother Kent K E N T, and he was preaching and preached a message. I mean, I wasn't too impressed with the service. I was ready to get home. There's nothing there that stood out to me. However, at the end of the service, the pastor um, got the microphone back, and then Brother Kent, this evangelist, went up, went back on the platform. He said, "Pastor, um, I have something that I have to do." And I was sitting on the back row with this middle-aged lady, my girlfriend's mother. My girlfriend wasn't even there. And, um, anyway, he, he said, son, he said, stand up. And he told me, he said, you won't even understand what this means. He said, but God has a call in your life and he's going to use your life to touch many, many people. So I (laughs) didn't, number one, I'd never been around anything like that. It kind of freaked me out. You know, my father was Roman Catholic. My mother was right Southern Baptist. so I had no experience at all, but I'll be honest (laughs) with you, Ken, that, that mess with me (laughs) for two years. I mean, it just like, what did that mean? What, what is, what do I do with that? And I look back now and it's just the grace of God. I mean, all the the stories you're telling, I mean, you you can just see the hand of God upon your life, upon my life. And
1: well, you know, there's those little, there's those little tidbits like that. I mean, that God just keeps doing, I'll tell you another one that actually is very similar to what you just told. Um, I came in late one night. This is all during that two year span where I'm getting in more and more trouble God is dealing with my heart. I'm faced with prison time. I mean, all that's happening. Yeah. And uh I came in late one night, probably it's probably three o'clock in the morning, <clears throat> because the fact that I was going home tells me the bars had all closed at two o'clock. <laughs> so yeah. I was I had stopped by Crystal, um, Crystal Hamburgers. Hamburgers, yeah. Got me a sack full of burgers and fries and was headed to the house. I got to the house, I was by myself. And so I turned on the TV and Ernest Angley, 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 Angley from Akron, Ohio. Yeah, I can't say Ernest it. Angley. Yeah, what are you talking about? He was on TV, and me and my buddies used to sit around and party and make fun of him. <laughs> and so I thought to myself, I'm just gonna sit here and eat my burgers and make fun of Ernest, and and uh, you know, because I mean he was pretty pretty funny. His voice, baby, and you know, all that (laughs) stuff he would do. I remember, and um, so I was sitting there kind of getting a laugh from watching this TV preacher. And all at once, Keith, he turned, I'll never forget this. He turned and he looked right at the camera and he said, And you, young man, sitting there on your couch with drugs coursing through your veins. And I, all at once, I was like, what? Oh my and wow. he literally began to prophesy over me Goodness. that God was going to get a hold of my life and transform wow. my life. Now, I mean, I realized that probably I wasn't the only drug addict sitting on the couch listening to Ernest that day, but I had no doubt in my mind that he was speaking right directly to me. Amen,
0: and right. everything
1: he said actually came to pass. That so I awesome. actually did fully surrender to Jesus and begin to follow the Lord.
0: You know, we have to admit <clears throat> that no matter what side of the camp, whether we're in the Calvinist camp or the Armenian camp, we have to admit there's a level of sovereignty in all of our salvation experiences. And yeah. uh, It's the grace of God, brother. It, the Bible says, except the spirit of God draws a man, he can't even come to him. So I yeah. believe he uses these experiences to, um, to draw us into himself. So, Hey, yeah. we've got, we've got, this has gone by fast. We've got about five more minutes so, Ken, from your salvation experience, um, you know God gloriously saved you. Your testimony is really amazing. I think so many people are going to be blessed hearing this today. But just real quick, what have you done since then? I mean, obviously that was the the doorway that opened up, and and I mean, I know some of your history. But could you just share for a couple minutes the places well, the board? Well, you know, taken two things
1: two things began to happen in my life and when I was when I first went into Outreach Ministries. And, um, um, after 30 days, you had to do a a devotional and that you know, basically you had to get up and share a scripture and some thoughts with the rest of the men in the home. And I was absolutely freaking out about getting up and doing this. One of the staff pulled me aside and said, Hey, don't freak out. Just read a verse that God has spoken to your heart from and tell us what he said. And I thought I can do that. So I got up that night and I began to do that with these men. And for the first time in my life, Keith, I felt like I was right where I was created to be like I had fallen in my slot.
0: That's awesome. And the
1: Lord spoke to me and said, this is what you'll do for the rest of your life. This is what I created you to do. Wow. And, uh, and I knew from that moment, I'm called, I'm called to preach the word of God. Amen. He also began in prayer times speaking to me that I would literally take the gospel all over the world. And at first, I'd beat myself over the head about that, like how dare you think that you could be used all over the world. But then, step by step, little by little, I began to realize it wasn't me having those thoughts; it was God putting those thoughts Amen. in me. And I ended up after I finished the program, excuse me, I went to Bible College, um, prepared for ministry, and you know, for the last thirty thirty-eight years, have been in full-time ministry and have literally preach the gospel all over the world and uh, today we actually head up my father-in-law's ministry outreach ministries of alabama i still have a missions arm to our ministry priority evangelism yes but we actually take in men that are coming out of addiction and they come live with us for one year here in north alabama and we teach them not only how to surrender to christ but how to actually walk out their faith on a day-to-day basis so that's yeah, that's saying. the real quick synopsis of yeah. what we've you know,
0: got. I was with you guys what, probably six, seven months ago now. Time goes yeah. by so fast. Yeah. But um it's it's an amazing, amazing facility. And beyond the facility, the program there is amazing. Faith-based, Jesus is there. I mean, it's it's an incredible place where really lives are being transformed. And and you're not just overseeing that, but you're the fruit of that. You came out of that ministry. Right. So what an incredible thing to see. Hey, Ken, I also know that you and um, you and your wife, Sonia, an amazing woman of God, you guys have a podcast called Conquer Addiction. Can you just give us a 30-minute commercial, so to speak? Because I want people to go, listen, look up Conquer Addiction with Ken and Sonia Pounders. Make sure you subscribe, give them a five-star rating, write a review, because the more you do that, the more people will be exposed to it. Can you give us just, just a just a short blurb about the podcast, Ken? Yeah,
1: absolutely. Absolutely. The Conquer Addiction podcast, basically, um, what it's, it's a Christian perspective on dealing with addiction. But if you really want to get down to it, what we talk about day in and day out on that podcast or weekly on that podcast is uh, victory in Christ, how mm-hmm. to have victory in Christ. And, you know, I'm discovering that pretty much everybody in our modern society is dealing with some level of addiction. And so really fully surrendering to Jesus and living out your faith. We mix it up on what we do. Um, About half the time, I try to have former students that come on and we interview them and they give their testimony. So that's about half of our episodes. And then the rest of them, we take some topic that relates to victory in Christ and we just talk about that topic and how you can overcome the issues that are in your life.
0: Awesome. So get, listen, again, make sure you check out conquering addiction, that podcast Ken and Sonia Pounders, you'll be encouraged and blessed. And I want to do one more thing before Ken closes in prayer. Um, Ken is an amazing preacher of the gospel. He is um, a true evangelist. I mean, he's definitely, used of God and powerful. I've seen him speak in, you know, settings overseas here in America, young people, older people, but just a real gift to the body of Christ. I would strongly encourage if you're a leader, we have a lot of leaders that listen to us. A lot of pastors are listening. Um, We hear from you week in and week out. Let me strongly encourage you to have Ken Pounders at your church, at your ministry, um, I know that you will be blessed and encouraged. And Ken's busy with OMA, Outreach Ministries of Alabama, but he does still travel out and preach and and activate people to do evangelism, activate churches in evangelism. Ken, if people want to schedule you, want to communicate with you, what's the best way for them to to get in touch with you?
1: Well, they could reach me. Um, uh, I give my phone number out there, 256-778-8096. And that's actually the office number for Outreach Ministries, but it rings to my cell, okay. so they'll get me. So that's 256-778-8096, or um, my uh, email address, PriorityEV at Mac, that's M-A-C, dot com. PriorityEV mac dot, at com.
0: Awesome, brother. Hey, Ken, love you, buddy. Thank you so much for being on with us today. Could you, um, Could you close us in prayer and just pray for our listeners today? Especially, you know, I'm sure there might be some that maybe they're dealing with addiction, but there's a good chance there's people here um, that have people in their life that need to be delivered and set free. So just just pray if you would, rather.
1: Okay, Father, I want to come before you, and I listen, uh, Lord. I, I lift up the listeners
0: yes. um,
1: for this podcast. Um, God, I pray that those who are listening now uh, would be encouraged in their spirit. Lord, that they would receive an impartation of faith to truly lay hold of you, Lord, not only uh, to have a concept about you, but to truly surrender their heart and their life to you, to your purpose, to your uh, your plans for their future. And uh, God, I just pray deliverance over them and over their loved ones. God, I believe that this is an hour where you're moving in unprecedented ways. And uh, we hear so much about the unprecedented times, but you're an unprecedented God, and you're doing amazing things in this hour. So take each life, each listener, and use them for your glory. Um, God, I just pray blessing over this, uh, not only this episode, but this entire ministry. In Jesus' mighty name, amen.
0: Amen. Well, thank you, Ken, and I hope you will be able to come back in the near future. I know there's a lot more that you and I could discuss. We could talk about discipleship, evangelism, revival, a lot of different things that, that you really flow in. So we look forward to having you
1: back. Well, brother, I'd love to do it, and it's been a pleasure.
0: All right. Hey, thank you so much for listening to Maintain the Flame today. Again, I'm Keith Collins, and I am honored to be able to come to you each and every week, and we look forward to having you back with us again next week when we have a new, a new recording, a new podcast on Maintain the Flame. God bless you. Thank you so much for listening to Maintain the Flame with Keith Collins. I want to ask you to please subscribe, rate, and write a review for this podcast on iTunes, cpnshows.com, or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you hunger for a greater passion for the Lord that will not dim or subside, then please subscribe and listen weekly to episodes that will encourage you in your walk with God. To learn more about my ministry, please go to keith-collins.org or impactgf.org.